This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Hopeland Church. Stoked to be here with you. We're in part two of Spirit, Soul, Body. Uh, our whole spirit, soul, and body. Uh, that's what we're talking about this month. I hope you are getting ministered to. Uh, really um, encouraged to be ministering, teaching the word to you today. So I hope you enjoyed our worship. Now it's time for the word. And so once again, part two, spirit, soul, and body. Our whole heart and approach for this series, this message, is to really empower you with the word of God, some revelation of the word as to how God has made you. And then how do we walk with God with, with respect to our being and understanding of who you are in your being as a human being and where does God come into play in every aspect of our being. And so um, we're gonna start, we're gonna jump right in. So uh, let's pray. And then we'll, we'll crack open the Bible today. Uh, Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for speaking to all of us, for anointing this time. We pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the revelation the Holy Spirit brings. We pray that we won't just hear words from or through a person, God, just uh, just good things. I pray that we literally, uh, Lord, hear from you. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Holy Spirit, enlighten us. Uh, bring life to what you have written in your Word, God. And and we pray and we pray that uh, we're all changed, and we're we're all more like you, Jesus. As a result of this Word today, in Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Let's jump right in. So the Bible is very clear just about these different components of who we are as people. As we read last uh, week out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse um, 23 and 24, it, he, it was a, Paul, a prayer Paul prayed for this church in Thessalonica. And his prayer was, he prayed that, the God of peace himself, the God of peace himself would sanctify us completely, that our whole, whole spirit, soul, and body would be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who has called you and he also will do it. So that's kind of what we started with and just kind of looked at that. And now we're just gonna look a little bit more about the, 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 our, our spirit, our soul, and our body and um, and how God works in and through this and how we are to respond to him in it. So let's open our Bibles. Hebrews chapter four, um, starting in verse 12. Actually, I'm just gonna read verse 12. And it says this, for the word of God is living and powerful. Hebrews 4, 12. The word of God is living and powerful. Um, I think King James says living and active. Um, okay, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Okay, uh, the word of God is likened to a sword. Uh, Ephesians chapter six in describing this, the 
The armor of God, the word of God is said to be the sword of the spirit. Okay, we're gonna take it up. Okay, so and here it's saying it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Okay, the division, we're talking about spirit, soul, body. The division, this is what the word of God does, it pierces even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. That's your body. There it is, spirit, soul, and body. Um, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so in this verse here, it is, it, it, I mean, the, the soul and spirit are decisively different. They are different parts of us. Now, I know I might have said this last week. I believe I said it in our in-person gathering that there is some mystery here. I mean, but the word of God is very clear as to who we are and what we're made up as of as people. And here it speaks of the word of God that it divides soul and spirit. First Thessalonians chapter five says we are made up of a spirit, soul, and body. And so here it is. My first point is this, is that, is that God's word does a deep work. I think if, if you really just look at this verse, what it's saying, I mean, the bottom line is God's word does a deep work, okay? It divides soul and spirit, okay? And we're gonna talk about what that means. A joint, it gets into the joints and the marrow, the, 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 the depth of even our physical being, okay? That's what the word of God does. That's what this sword does. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word does a deep work, okay? So this is what it does. This is what we ought to receive from the word of God, okay? How, how do we allow this? How do we get God's word to just go deep into us, deep into, into dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judging the thoughts and intents, thoughts and intents of the heart. This, it's a discerner. Um, it, 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 the word of God is truth, okay? Um, as the word says, you know, his word is truth, okay? Um, you know, we, we as disciples, as followers of Christ, we shall know the truth and the truth will make us free, okay? The Bible says his word is forever settled in the heavens. We are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. His word is truth. Jesus said, you know, I am the way, I am Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and life. He is the word of God, the Bible says. His name is the word of God. So the word, God's word does a deep work. This is God's heart for you. It's not that just you receive it and accept Christ and you're forgiven of your sins, not just that moment, not just that event, but God's like, man, I, I wanna do a deep work inside of you. I want you to know that God desired to do a deep and profound work. He wants to touch Every aspect of your soul, your spirit, your insides, your, your, the thoughts and intents of your heart. God's word does a deep work. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, it is living and active. Um, um, one version says quick and powerful. It, this, this word is living. This word is active. This word is quick. This word is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing, piercing, even to the division of soul and spirit. Okay, so in this verse, and speaking of 
God's desire for us to do a deep work. He, he desires to do a deep work in us. He wants to do a deep and profound work in us, and it's through his word. And this starts to touch on what we're talking about this month, spirit, soul, and body, okay? Now, this, this word, the word of God divides soul and spirit, okay? Uh, we, we learned last week the difference between our spirit and our soul. We feed our spirit, we nurture our soul. You know, we talked about kind of the characteristics of an unhealthy soul, right? Our soul, and this is, uh, and we're gonna look at this in the scripture. It, it, our soul, our, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, it absorbs things. It, our soul absorbs trauma and drama right? Or what, you know, life trials and, um, without Christ, man, it really can harm us. And even in our walk with God, there are times we get hurt, right? We, we absorb things. We, our soul is like a sponge, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, the psalmist said, you know, heal my soul. Why? Cause it's been wounded, right? But our spirit is 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 a in Christ is strong our spirit transcends this natural world our spirit who we are in the spirit our spirit is alive because of Christ the bible says we are a new creation in Christ i said all this kind of last week but i just want to kind of maybe i'm reviewing a little bit just to kind of get where we're going here that the word of god divides soul and spirit. It separates. Okay. So, so I wrote this in my notes and I'm going to read it how I wrote it in my notes. So, so we can get to where we're going here because God's word does a deep work. And the question is, will I allow him to? And here it is. We need the word of God because it helps us decipher the difference of soul and spirit. It helps us, the word of God in us, working in us, helps us decipher what is emotion, what is my mind, what is my will, what, what, what is that part of me, that emotional part of me, that, 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 that soul part of me versus what is my spirit, what is the leading of the spirit of God, that the word of God goes so deep. When God's word is active in our life, okay, it, it, it gives way to clarity of, of, of what is going on inside of me. What is soul? What is spirit? When God's word is not active in our life, it gives way to poor judgment. We don't know what is God, what is spirit, what is emotion. We, it gets muffled and confusing and foggy. But when the word of God is active in our life, it brings clarity to our decision-making, and into a, just a forward progression of life itself. As I said before, we need the word of God to know what is spirit and what is soul. And uh, this is the process for every believer, just to learn, okay, God, what is God saying and what am I saying, right? What, what is it my emotions are just reaching for? And what is it that's really God? There are times where I've made decisions and maybe thinking this is God or whatever, but it was really my soul. It was really, and not that our soul is always um, 
uh, bad decisions per se, but that is where we're most vulnerable. And we're going to look at this. But when the word of God, you know, when the, when the sword of the spirit, okay, this, this sword, okay, it, it, it is not active in our being. We make horrible relationship decisions. Can I get an amen? Right? Cause, and this is where Christians mess up. Why? Cause they're, they're in church and they love God and they serve God and they're, and they're saved, right? Uh, their spirit is saved, but their spirit isn't strong. And their soul is much more the dominant force in their life. So that's why somebody that loves Jesus genuinely has faith in God has chronic relational issues and problems because they're making decisions based on emotions. They are serving God, but they have not allowed that word maybe, you know, to divide the two and to be like, okay, this is my emotions. I don't want to obey this feeling now. I don't have to. I'm not going to be led by this, right? Because this feeling, this emotion is, 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 is leading me into a relationship where it's something, it's, it's feeding my insecurity. Uh, I'm lowering my standard because my soul is causing me to feel like I need this person, even though that person has a bad track record and everybody in everybody that has any ounce of God in them in your life is warning you to stay away. But you uh, put the, your soul in the driver's seat and you're like, man, I'm going to do this because I want to. And then we spiritualize it and we say, I really feel like God's leading me this way. But no, it is your soul. Come on now, we've all made decisions looking back where it was a soul-led decision. It was an emotionally driven decision. And then and then to justify it, we kind of try to bring God into it, but we know who's really driving. You know what I'm saying? And um, the word truly authentically active in you empowers you to make right decisions because you, you, you're deciphering you're deciphering between soul and spirit. You're able to see clearly. It's a sword and it. what does it do? What does the word do? What does the active word do in your life? It what? Discerns the thoughts and intents. Our thoughts and intents are twisted when we're entirely, utterly soul-led, emotionally led, mind-led, okay? Um, I'm talking about your walk now. I'm talking about your spiritual walk now, uh, you know? Uh, I'm talking about walking in freedom. Our vision as a church is that you would what? Encounter God and what? Walk in freedom. So many people have encountered God, but they're not walking in freedom. Why? They're soul led. They're, they're emotionally driven. Okay? Um, our emotions are part of everything. We Emotions are a beautiful thing. Emotions are from God, but they are not. God did not design your emotions to lead you. It is part of who we are but should not be the end-all, be-all decision-making in your life. You know, you hear people say this phrase sometimes. Maybe you've heard this, right? Don't make a long-term decision on a short-term emotion. Amen. There it is, right? You ever see they're in an emotional situation? Maybe they're angry, and then they're going to make some crazy decision that can change the course of their life based on one moment, and, and they're in emotion. No, we know this. We know. I mean, you don't even need to be spiritual to look at somebody in an emotional state. Now, I'm using an extreme example to make a point, but somebody that was hurt by somebody, rejected by somebody, so then they just go out and get them a one-night stand. Right. And that, that, there you go. That, that's their emotions driving them into a situation, medicate the pain, you know, give myself to whatever my body wants or just 
give my body to somebody that just wants my body for what it is, right? We, we, we know this. We know people like this. Maybe we even come out of some stuff like this. I'm not saying this to make, to, to, to like look down on people or even to, um, or even to contemn people that have come out of that stuff. I'm just saying that this is what the word does is it cuts to the division of soul and spirit. The truth, we need the truth in our being. Okay, that might have, should have been one of my points. But we need the truth of God's word in our being, active in our being, okay? All right, so we choose, um, or when we choose relationships based on emotions alone, um, you know, when we choose relationships based on emotions alone and, and other surface level things as opposed to spiritual things. When we base our relationship on that, um, that tells us we're being soul led, okay? We're being soul led. We wanna be spirit led, okay? You are born again. And now it's about restoring our soul, getting our soul healed, right? And being led by the spirit of God and allowing our spirit allowing God to lead us through our spirit by way of the Holy Spirit and the word of God inside of us. Okay, here's my next point. You are a spiritual being, okay? I know I said this um, last week, but I just wanna reiterate this, that you are not just an emotional being, right? You, there is um, spiritual depth in you. And this is where God charts our life our course from. This is the compass, is, is God through our spirit, okay? Emotions are meant to be enjoyed and it is part of life and this is the thing too. I wanna give people room here if I can to be emotional, okay? Like, yes, um, let's, we're not robots. We're not, um, you know, to be these stoic figures that shut down our emotions. We are to be emotional. We are, we are emotional creatures. That is a part of who we are. Um, allow them to flow. Don't shut down emotions. Let's, let, let's allow these emotions to, to do what they do, right? I mean, read the book of Psalms and that tells you even the context of worship and your relationship with God, that emotions are a part of this. We have those moments when we are down, like our emotions, we feel, even we feel sadness, we feel anger, we feel, I mean, emotions are emotions. We feel happy, we, 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 we I mean, uh, yes, this is, this is part of it, this is, this is who we are. Uh, but I, where, when we miss it is when the um, the emotions begin to be the absolute decision maker. And that's where our life truly becomes unstable when we are emotionally led as opposed to spirit led. And so you are a spiritual being. All right. So Galatians chapter six, verse one. Let's look at this. Galatians six, one. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual. Spiritual. Say that when you say, I'm a spiritual being. All right. Um, 
All right, say it with me. Say, I am spiritual. Say this with me. Say, I am a spirit. I know it sounds weird, but listen, let me, let me finish the phrase. I am a spirit. Say this when we say, I have a soul and I live in a body. All right? We are spiritual beings. We will leave this body. And that part of our being transcends this natural world and transcends gravity and this natural world. And we will be in heaven one day. Okay? You are a spiritual being. Okay? And it says here, brethren, if a man has overtaken any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, okay? You know, you who are spiritual, you who are spiritual, be spiritual, all right? You who are spiritual, be spiritual. You who are spiritual, consult God with decision-making, life changes, whatever it is. You are spiritual, okay? You who are spiritual, Restore. Spiritual people get spiritual results. I said spiritual people get spiritual results, not churchgoers, because not all churchgoers are spiritual people, right? Not all people that attend church are spiritual. Hopefully they're getting more spiritual or in tune with how God speaks and operates and how they can live. This is a process. This is a journey. But I'm here to tell you right now, spiritual people get spiritual results. People that are strong in spirit get spiritual results. People, look at, here it is. In the context of this verse, it's speaking about relationships, really. And it's like people need spiritual people in their lives. Amen? Like, it says you are spiritual, restore such a one. You know, lest you be tempted, okay? You know, we need spiritual people. Most of our problems, okay? I'm going somewhere with this. And some of you, hopefully you don't quote me mistakenly here. But most of our problems are spiritual. There's somewhere, or our spiritual life is attached to it, or it's something in the spirit we can do to, to bring change and, and, and a spiritual result from it. But most of our problems are spiritual. We need spiritual people that know how to restore others, all right? And we need to be spiritual people that know how to restore people. Spiritual people get spiritual results. In the, just the normal course of your life, in the rhythm of your life, as a believer, as you're growing in faith, and as we shared last week, Jesus grew strong in spirit, okay? That in your job, your vocation, your calling, a normal part of that process even in your nat the natural life, your marriage, I mean, just life. I'm just talking about life right now, okay? I'm not talking about, like, being a pastor. I'm not talking about, um, you know, uh, being somebody that is in ministry. I'm not, th this applies to, to those people, but I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, your being. You are a spiritual being. And so in the, rhythm of life, there ought to be these, these moments in just the rhythm of life that you are led by the Spirit of God in the directional part of your life, the, 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 whether it is a shift and a change and um, whatever, uh, a, a person you reach out to, uh, a change in 
and um, invocation and the process you go through for um, like the next stage of your career, your education or continuing education or, you know, even just the, the, the next like kind of phase for your family, your marriage, kids, having kids, you know what I'm saying? Getting the kids out of the house, getting, you know, like just when they obviously go to college or whatever. But, um, uh, you know, the, just those things were spiritual beings that God's desires to be all up in the middle of it, that we are being led, that we, that we, perceive a leading in an area or, or, or to connect with a certain person or to, to, to kind of pursue this particular, this particular thing in, in, in the marketplace as far as your, your role or whatever. And, and, um, and maybe it's a word you have for somebody else or you're praying on your way to the office and God's like speaking to you about somebody and maybe speaking into their life. I'm just saying we are spiritual beings and, you know, he says, you are spiritual, restore such a one. This ought to be a part of our life. I'm not saying that we're like off in this weird, um, far out, like spiritual state and we're not connecting. I'm just, I'm talking about really connecting with people in this natural world and restoring. Like you don't have to be the, the super goofy, weird, quote unquote, uber super spiritual person, right? You are who you are. You are a spirit. You don't have to act like you're all far out and weird. And you don't have to be like that to be spiritual. You sometimes the most normal people are the most spiritual people, right? Because it's it's not like a show. This isn't like trying to act spiritual, speaking and all this. No, it's just the ability to discern and to hear the voice of God in your life. And then there's fruit when you act. There's fruit. There's, there's actually something that is produced. There's like, there's like, uh, there's a track record of, of God's blessing on your life because you're spirit led. You're, you're hearing from God, moving with God and, 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 and being a blessing to other people. So here it is. Let's just look at some aspects of our soul. This part, so we kind of talked about that. I want to start with that. You know, you're you're a spiritual being. And by the Spirit of God, the Word of God in you, you're going to be led by the Spirit. He's going to speak to you. He's going to lead you. He's going to give you direction. He's going to speak to you about somebody, to minister somebody, a direction in your life, whatever it is. We are walking with God here, folks. We are walking with God. We are living in the Spirit. We are walking in the Spirit. You know, if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We are spiritual beings. Let's be spirit led. Let's hear from God, move with God, act on what God tells us. All right. And let's connect with others on that level where there's spiritual exchange, the presence of God, the spirit of God, the word of God exchanged and, and imparted to one another through one another in community. Here we go. So let's look at some, some scriptures here. I'm going to read a few here that really give you an idea of our soul, okay? Um, and that our soul is mind, will, and emotions, okay? So let's look at 1 Peter 1.22. Here we go. Since you have purified your souls. Look at that. Purified. Purified is a process word. It's not instantaneous. Purified is a process. Our soul is going through a process. 
Your spirit is positionally seated with Christ in heavenly places. Your spirit, you're born again. The spirit of God dwells within you. The Bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward most parts of his being, right? But the soul needs to be purified. So since you purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. And I just wanna, there's so much in this verse. I won't, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time here, but 1 Peter 1.22, since you have purified your souls, obedience to God, hearing from God and moving when he calls, puts your soul through a purification process, all right? There we go, there's one. There, here's another one, Hebrews 12, verse three. I just wanted to highlight in the New Testament, uh, scriptures concerning the soul, this, this part of us. Say this with me, say purify my soul, Lord. Say it again, say purify my soul, Jesus. Hebrews 12, three. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Here it is, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. That's where we get weary and discouraged. It's in our soul. That's where it happens. He's talking to believers. He's talking to Christ followers. He's talking to those that are looking at Jesus as the example and say, man, look at Jesus. Look to Jesus because because of this life and this world, there are gonna be times where your soul is gonna get weary and discouraged, all right? Anybody been discouraged in your soul, right? Weary, okay? That, that, that speaks of this part of us, okay? That speaks of this part of us, our soul. And here's my next point, is our soul is susceptible, okay? That, that's, that is how our soul responds. It's, it's part of who we are. And God made us that way for a reason, because he wants us to feel. It's, it's part of the process of being a human being. This is not, our soul is not our enemy, right? But, and it should not be our leader, if that makes sense, okay? Okay, here's another one, here's another one. I got a few here, I got a few. I'm gonna go quick, I'm gonna go quick. First Peter 2, 11. First Peter 2, 11. First Peter chapter two, verse 11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, fleshly lusts which war against the soul. All right, those things, lusts, it, 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 it's going for the soul, okay? They war against the soul. And that's why it's important to have a strong spirit and the word of God in there. Because when that stuff comes in, when you have the word of God, that word will expose the deception, expose the temptation. That word will expose the enemy. Come on now. None of us are so spiritual that we're not gonna have to be, at, that our soul isn't at war at times because our soul is the susceptible part of us when it comes to temptation and specifically in this verse, speaking of actual lust, fleshly desire, the desires of the flesh, it, it wars in the soul realm of who we are, all right? Here it goes, here's another one, 2 Peter 2, 14. 
You know Peter, right? No wonder Peter's got a bunch of stuff in there about soul because that brother had some soul issues, okay? But 2 Peter 2, 14. 2 Peter 2, 14. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin. Look at this. Enticing unstable souls. So our soul is susceptible, okay? This is why we need a strong spirit. This is why we need to bring stuff we've come out of before the Lord. Stuff that has wounded our soul, affected our soul that, you know, and, and maybe you're like, you know what, Pastor, I feel like I'm good. Like my soul, I mean, I'm not, you know, you're, you're like, I'm not perfect, but, but I'm not vexed. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not all in a dark place in my soul. I mean, I, I, I've walked through some healing and deliverance, I, you know, and this is why it, you nurture your soul. Right. This is why we 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 invite God into our soul. We you know the Bible says that it is the engrafted word. Somebody say sword of the spirit. It's the engrafted word that saves our soul. And so this our soul is something that must be, for lack of a better term, maintenance and nurtured. Maintenance like this is. We, we, we need to keep our soul in the presence of God. Get that word in us, right? Get around some healthy people. So they, so, so, so it's even others that are a part of your soul being nurtured. Okay. So that's what he's saying here is that the, these type of people entice what? Unstable souls. All right. And that's second Peter two, verse 14. So once again, our soul is susceptible. I think just knowing that uh, when, you know, you deal with some things we just read in these verses that it talks about what happens to our soul, even believers, okay? This happens. This, these events occur. And, it, and right here, Hebrews 12, right? Uh, we're in discouraged. Where? In our soul. Talks about Abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against what? Our soul, all right? And then in, in 2 Peter 2, 14, it says, you know, that these people, is talking about um, these people with ill motives, uh, ungodly deceptive motives towards people in the church. Peter's addressing these type of people, and it's saying that these type of people entice unstable souls. So it is possible, right, to be a believer and to deal with these things on some degree. And this is the reality. And this is, as I said before, um, we need to live a life that is opening up our soul before the Lord. Many times what I've seen it happen at times with believers is they get saved and their soul is wounded just from life. I don't know, for whatever reason. Maybe their family's broken. And they don't really deal with that. They just kind of, their family's broken. And, and I come from some of that, right? I, I come from a lot of that. But um, you get saved. Your spirit is, you're born again. But there is this purification process that every believer goes through because our soul goes through a process of restoration of healing. Sometimes things seem to be and can be instantaneous, but our soul, it doesn't operate like that. 
we absorb over time and through the word, the washing of the word, the spirit of God, we begin to be renewed in the spirit of our mind and restored in our soul. And what I've seen at times is people are hurt and wounded in their soul and they don't deal with it. They don't bring it before the Lord. They don't open up that part of them to God. And they're just like, man, I'm in church. I'm going to church. I, I, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe the Bible. But their, their soul is almost like they keep that from God. And they live a life where they're still hurting and, and, and not healed. And they just stuff it down there. And they don't open it up before the Lord or others. And they cease to be healed. That's why the Bible says, confess your faults one to another. That you might be healed, all right? That you might be healed. So I'm gonna end with this last verse. 1 Corinthians 3, verse one. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse one says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Paul, talking to a church. We know Corinth had a bunch of issues in it, okay? If they had a bunch of folks that were saved, but had all kind of stuff in their soul, Okay? They were, you know, and, um, but he said, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual. Okay. I couldn't speak to you as spiritual, you know, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ, babes in Christ. So he's like, look, you guys are saved. You guys are Christ followers, but you're still babes. And he had to withhold certain things from them because they were not mature enough to digest it, okay? And so this is my last point, and here it is. Spiritual maturity matters, okay? Because when we grow and begin to to not be just babes and begin to be spiritual people, stronger in spirit, growing strong in spirit, getting our soul healed and restored and nurturing our soul and having a stable soul that is encouraged and can express worship and praise to God freely, not bound up by all these other things that have happened to it. Um, That's why spiritual maturity matters because your maturity determines at what level God can speak to you. It determines what you can digest. So when we do our our, our due diligence of growing in spirit, of developing spiritually, growing and and, in the fruit of the spirit, becoming more mature spiritually, it creates a framework, a, 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 a state that God can drop revelation to us and speak truths that take us to where God wants us to be. And so once again, church, spiritual maturity matters. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for everybody that has heard this word. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, God, that their soul soul continues to be restored, that their soul is not in a state of discouragement or weariness, but in a state of strength and encouragement. I pray that they would be strong in spirit and their soul would be healed to the point to where they wouldn't, that the the temptations and the fleshly lusts wouldn't dominate 
and overtake their soul. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that your people, Hopeland Church, God, I pray that we would mature, that we would grow, that we would develop ourselves in the spirit to such a degree that God could not could give us spiritual meat. I pray that we'd be a people that can digest meat, not just live off of spiritual milk. I pray that we'd be able to digest the bread of the word and digest the meat of the word. I pray this year, God, that we all grow and mature in the spirit. This year, God, like never before. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.